good to be at camp meeting. Yes, it is. I'm glad you're at camp meeting, too. Yes, amen. When I think about camp meeting, uh, it's so multifaceted to me. Um, I think about it's a great time to see friends I haven't seen for a long time. Right. Catch up with them and visit with them. It's a good time to socialize and have fellowship in the cafeteria. Yeah. It's also a time that we should be setting aside for praise of yes. God That's right. and for worship yeah. like we're assembled together to do tonight. And those things are all, they're all important. All good. But there's another aspect of camp meeting I'd like to talk about tonight. This very individual matter. Amen. Brother Steve alluded to this, and this has really been on my heart for a while leading up to camp meeting. And I'm, I don't normally talk about myself much, but I'm going to tell you what the Lord and I have done at camp meetings. Amen. Doing, and I'm just telling you so I can encourage you Amen. to do the same thing. Camp meeting has become a time where we kind of shut the world out more than normal. More than normal. Now, I have fellowship with God virtually every morning. I try to. By reading, by reading this, we can have great fellowship. But camp meeting time is a time when we really kind of block the world out and we focus on the things of God. This is a healthy thing for each one of us to partake in. On a personal level, it has become a time of inner reflection for me, for my soul. Folks, you may be sitting here tonight, your physical body in great shape, or it may not be in great shape, but I want to remind you that you also have a soul. That's right. There's an inner man. That's right. And that is the most important part of you. For this reason, it's the only eternal part that there is. That's right. This robe of flesh, we're going to drop and we're going to rise. And the condition of your soul makes all the difference. So as I have sometimes, being very honest with you, as I, and I ask the Holy Spirit to, to work with me, shine the light in me. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord looking into the inward parts. Knows all about us. I know that one day I'm going to die and I am going to face judgment with Christ. I know that. I don't want to wait till then, till the 11th hour and 59th minute to make sure I'm okay with God. You can know now. You can know now that you're right with God. There have been years, I'm going to be very honest with you, the Holy Spirit would work with me and I would say, Lord, evaluate me. Evaluate me. Give me an appraisal. It's just like going to the doctor. I have this nice, uh, very nice oriental doctor. 
I have to really listen to his word sometimes, you know. I go in for my physical checkups. He sends me to the hospital for lab tests. I'll wait two weeks and go back. And he tells me how I'm doing or how I'm not doing. Um, you need to lose 20 pounds. You need to lay off the salt. You know, all, this, you know, all these recommendations. God will do the same thing for you. If you will take the time to focus while you're at camp meeting this year, ask God to examine you. There have been times I didn't like part of the answer that came back. I got correction. You need to improve this. You need to strengthen up on this. You need to lay this aside. But it's been a good process for me. I want to encourage you tonight, and I want to challenge you tonight. Amen. Don't deceive yourself. Take a look at the inner man and ask God to show you where you stand. Examine yourself. The Bible says in the New Testament, examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. I believe is how the verse goes. Yes. It's healthy to do it. That's right. It's healthy to do it. I challenge you this week to do it. Somebody told me this this week that you know if people come just to hang out with the friends in the cabin and to eat some meals together, that's great. And we were glad you're here. We welcome you. But you've missed the most important part of camp meeting. Camp meeting is about serving the Lord. Looking on the inside. Where are we? And recharge your batteries, yes. Do you all agree? I almost always leave camp meeting. Brother Ryer called you, this a long time ago. He said, I always get, you know, some wonderful revelation, but my batteries always get recharged. I love that. So I feel the same way. And sometimes you get revelations. You know, you get something new, new shown to you. So I challenge you, as we go through the meetings this week, come to church. Worship the Lord. Go to prayer meeting. It says later now. <laughs> but use this as a time to really assess where you are spiritually this week. This week. I guarantee you that if you will listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you, and the corrections and things see that he tells you you need to do, you're going to be a blessed person yeah. for it. Don't be scared of it. There are people who are scared. They're timid. They're uh, nervous. It might change me in some way if I see what God really wants me to do. Yeah, it might. You've got a choice. You've got a choice. Now you know what choice we're going to tell you to make. We're going to tell you to go God's way every time. 
This is a beautiful congregation here tonight. I'm so thankful you're here. But I'm a realist. I know that some people here may never, ever, really look inside. And never, ever make the corrections, the improvements that God would have you make. But I also know that there are some of you who probably will. Praise the Lord. It's up to you. It's up to you. I'm not your judge, Brother Steve. Not your judge. None of us are your. You know, we we don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart. But He'll work with you. He's faithful. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. Very forgiving. Very forgiving. And He understands you tonight. What I want to talk about tonight, and I will try to be respectful of your time, is what I call foundational truths. Just one specific one. In 1 John chapter 5, it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Yes, they are. When I was younger, that really kind of confused me. Right. You got God the Father, God the Word, or God the Son. I've always called it God the Son. But the Word became flesh, became Jesus, and dwelt among us. And then God the Holy Ghost. I would like to concentrate my time here tonight on God the Holy Ghost. I'm not excluding God the Father. I love God the Father. And I'm appreciative for what Jesus came to earth and did for each one of us. He made all the difference. And they are all tied together. They are all one, but they all have their separate function, but they work together seamlessly. Seamlessly. And Jesus, Jesus paid the price that the Holy Ghost could be given. He paid that price. Let, I'm gonna, what I intend to do, and sometimes I get off my plan, but I, yeah. my plan is I want to read three passages of Scripture that describe the Holy Ghost Amen. and then a few verses that tells what the Holy Ghost will do for you, yeah. for each one of us, if we will do what the Holy Ghost says. The first passage, and you can follow me, is in Matthew 3. We read in the Bible that from the time the book of Malachi was written in the Old Testament to the time of the New Testament was about 400 years. And it was a time of silence in God's relationship with man. There was no open vision. There was no prophet that came to light during those 400 years. It was a pause. And if someone said it's no surprise that Zacharias was surprised when an angel appeared to him. Out of this stillness, out of this quietness, 
a voice of a very strange preacher, a strange-looking preacher, came preaching not in his Levitical robes and mitre and all this. He came preaching in camel's hair. He looked rough. He ate locusts and wild honey. He wasn't eating these Levitical beasts that were off. Not eating, no shoe bread. He was eating locusts and wild honey, but he was a man of God preaching God's word. And out of the desert, this man begins to preach and to tell the people who begin to flock to him. You've got to clean up. You've got to repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Reading in the 8th verse, he told the Pharisees and Sadducees that came to his baptisms in, the, I guess, the River Jordan, Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. They had a lot of faith and confidence in Abraham. And don't people today have faith and confidence in the things that they're already doing? Their careers, their uh, relationships. But John preached, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Things are fixing to change. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus was going to bring a new way. A new way. So out of the stillness and out of the darkness, the voice cried out, announcing that Jesus was coming. And he was going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. I think it's also important to point out here that John was also showing us the first work is repentance. It is important. Start somewhere. It is important that when we realize that we are spiritually deficient, we need help. We need a Savior. The first thing you have to do is repent of your past committed sins. You've got to clean up. You've got to clean up. First step. But if you will confess your sins, God is faithful and just. To forgive you of your sins. Yes, he, he will do it. Yes, he, will. he will do it. Amen. Jesus came preaching. He also preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He spoke to Nicodemus, an older man, who came to him by night. He said, you must be born again, Nicodemus. There has to be a spiritual renewal in your life. I believe Nicodemus listened to him. He did. I believe he did. He was there later. He 
at the uh, resurrection. He was there, well, at the burial. He was there again. I think he was still seeking after Christ. Makes me feel good. And you know, history says he was an older man. Oh, very wealthy man. This was not, he was, he was very well to do. The Lord, yes, he was a leader in Israel. So the Lord can work with anybody. It don't matter who you are. You may think you're small, you may think you're big, but God works with everybody. He is no respecter of persons. He loves every one of you just the same, loves me the same. Jesus told his disciples many things while he was here with them for, I guess, about three years on earth. But as he was leaving in the 14th chapter of John, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I'm leaving, but there's one coming that's going to abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Listen to this. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. That's the truth. That's a great truth. <laughs> but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered, good question. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. It sounds like, he, yeah, it sounds like he's going to move in, don't it? Make abode. Unpack the suitcase. Put the suitcase away. We're here to stay. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the words which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. That's right. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Listen. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. 
Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. This is Jesus talking. He knew it was, it was to our advantage that he go away. Because until he went away, the Holy Spirit would not come. The Holy Ghost would not be sent. He told them many more things. He told them that he was sanctifying himself so that they also could be sanctified through the truth. Over in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Eternal death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Folks, we all got a choice. We all got a choice. You can have the mind of Christ if you want it. But you got to choose it. Or you can stay in your sins and be just eternally lost. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That has haunted me. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I meet people all the time, and I think they, they feel like they're right. But I don't see fruits of the Spirit. And it bothers me what this writer is saying, and he knew. Let me tell you, the guy that wrote this, this book, he was a blasphemer. He was a murderer. He was injurious. He killed Christians. Until God got a hold of him. Struck him down on the road to Damascus. Blinded him and gave him a choice. I think during those days he was blind. And Paul came out swinging and preaching, buddy. He changed him. And he said, I'm the least. I'm the least. Yes. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do not deceive yourself. So I'm a good guy. I'm moral. I do everything I'm supposed to do in society. I'm good. I help old ladies across the street. I'm a great guy, you know. But this is saying, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are lost. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Sounds like somebody got sanctified. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies 
by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. I love this verse. I haven't noticed this verse much. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. You've got a choice. You don't have to live to the flesh. You don't have to continue in sin. Praise the Lord. It's a country song. I probably may have mentioned this before because it got my attention. My granddaddy, you know, sinned. My daddy sinned. And I'm going to sin too. That's a bunch of junk. I don't care what they did. You need to get out of it while you can. There's deliverance. Your eternity is at stake. It's up to you. It's up to you. We're going to recommend it, but it's up to you. Your debtors not to the flesh, live after the flesh. Or if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Can you say it any more plain than that? You live after the flesh, you're going to die. Eternal death. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Part of the family. Part of the family. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's the three passages I wanted to read. I sat down. This has been on my mind for probably six weeks, maybe longer. And the campground folks, please forgive me. And the Leesburg folks, please forgive me. I sat down this morning. I like to read the Bible in the mornings. And I looked up some verses and wrote this out. But this is kind of what happens when the... This is all Scripture, but it's for sake of time, I'm doing it this way. This is what happened when the, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. What happens? What happens? Well, ob the obvious one, we're sanctified by the Holy Ghost. We're made holy by the Holy Ghost coming. That's the only holy part of me. The Holy Ghost living inside. And it's the reason I'm sanctified. Thank the Lord. Sanctified by the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 15. In Ephesians 1, it says that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is the earnest of the inheritance. Do you realize when you get sanctified, it's a proof, it's a guarantee that God has accepted you as His child. He's willing to indwell you with a portion of His Spirit by sanctifying you. But that's not the end. That's not the end. It's the down payment on the transaction. When we die, and we're going to die, and we go to heaven, and we go to judgment with Christ, guess what the ticket to heaven is? The Holy Ghost. You either got the Holy Ghost or you don't. It's not hard to figure out. No. No, they won't. The Spirit brings power. 
into our lives. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Judea, Samaria, other most parts of the earth, all over. But it's the Spirit that brings the power. It's the Spirit that brings the ability to witness. It brings joy. Romans 14. It brings joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I want you to have joy. And I want your joy to be full. Not just a little bit. He wants your joy to be full. Now, Brother Steve's right. Right. There's times life gets tough. That's when the Holy Ghost really gets good. I'm telling you. In the tough times, the Holy Ghost is strong in our lives. And it takes us through. The Holy Ghost causes us to abound in hope. Romans 15. The, whole, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. And makes intercession to God for us through groanings which cannot be uttered. What's infirmities? Frailties. Shortcomings. Things I have no idea how I'm going to handle. Spirit helps with those. You got a problem tonight? There's a power source that can help you. I can't tell you how it's going to help you. I can't tell you how he's going to fix it. He may just fix you. The problem may exist tomorrow. But somehow, it's okay. He works in mysterious ways. Now this one... I'm still kind of chewing. First Corinthians, the Spirit reveals things to us. It says that the Spirit will even reveal to us the deep things of God. I know a little bit about that. And I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading my Bible because I believe God reveals things to us as we go along. And we're ready to handle them. You know, sometimes maybe I'm not ready. Or I, well, I, I don't want to admit too much tonight, but I read Scripture sometimes. It'll, Why didn't I see that before? You know, I mean, where, where have I been? I've read it 20 times, you know. But the Spirit, Spirit keeps working. Spirit keeps working with us. We're human. And the Spirit knows that. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your problems. He knows your fears. And He'll help you with them. Amen. He loves you. And then wrapping this up, the Spirit gives gifts and talents, abilities. It's the Spirit of God that divides those gifts and passes them out. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, all sorts of, there's more. But that, that, yes, helps, administration, I mean, you know, but the Spirit does that. The Spirit does that. What got me started on this 
thoughts a while back was the phrase that I had in my mind, and there was a phrase of a song to it, and we sang it right before I got out here. When the Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind. I love that. When the Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind. But you know what? Sometimes it comes as a still, small voice. It's not limited to one way. Yes, however it comes, it's wonderful. It's great. But what got me started on this thought a while back, I had thought about a book I had read by a lady who got sanctified. And she called the Holy Ghost the Comforter and also the Helper. And she actually wrote a book called The Helper. I want to tell you tonight that there's a source of help that you can turn to, That's right. if you will. And it will help you. God sent this Holy Ghost for our sanctification. But He also sent that Holy Ghost to help us. To really help you. I have heard many testimonies mostly from older folks about this, that God has really been a source of help for me. I think as we get older and we have, you know, issues that arise physically and other ways, we really begin to realize our need of God more than ever. And let me tell you, God's plan tonight is that you be filled with His Holy Spirit That's right. because He knows you need it to be successful in this life too and to be spiritually successful as well. You've got a helper who wants to help you. Will you receive Him? Will you receive Him? Let me end... With three verses. First Corinthians. Now this sounds rough at first, but it gets better. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Don't deceive yourself in this spiritual evaluation. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Not going to happen. But listen to this. I love this verse. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It's the Holy Spirit. Makes all the difference. If you're in sin tonight, there's a way out. There's a God that loves you. He's willing to forgive you. 
He's willing to indwell you with His Holy Spirit, proving you're His child. That's right. And if you will obey Him, listen to His guidance, He'll take you all the way safely to heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. He can do that. Yes, He can. He can do that. I really hope you take to heart my challenge about the spiritual evaluation. Don't deceive yourself. As you go through this week, as you go through these services, listen to the preachers read the Word. Listen to the testifiers who read the Word. Let it soak in. Let it help you. Let it help you. Let it improve you. I want you to know all week long, starting right now, these altars are open. You got willing volunteers up here to help you. Right. Right. If you have a spiritual deficiency in your life that needs correction, you've got a great opportunity this week. Amen. You've got a fantastic opportunity this week to come to God and get the help that you need. Amen. We're going to close with family prayer tonight. We'd like everyone to stand. If the Spirit of God is working with you, as Brother Steve said, before you even left home, the altars are open. We're willing to help you tonight. Everyone, please stand. Come forward for prayer.